Enchiladas. This is Respawn Aim Fire, the kick-ass of Reverend Gaming Podcast, where three lifelong friends gather to talk about video games. <laughs> There's nothing in my cup today. I'm Chad Michaelinis. <laughs> That's Holden DePardo. Hi. And you're you, the listener, and we love you so much that we want to kiss you straight on both of your cheeks, your appley, rosy, plump little cheeks. Just one lip per, just the bottom lip. I want everyone right now, whether you're on a on a plane, on a car, in a bus, walking on the sidewalk, I want you to imagine and make the face of what you might look like if you were kissing someone with only your bottom lip. Go. <laughs> We've got so much to talk about today. <laughs> From updates on coronavirus, confirming we're so right. We're so right. And then uh, we've got some Ubisoft games that are coming out this year that are announced. We've got some details on maybe some PlayStation 5 hardware news? Question mark? But we're going to start this episode like we start every episode in the last, like, four episodes with playtime. What have we been playing? Holden, I'm going to leave you to tell us all about a new game that just came out that you've been playing. It looks like only that game called Sekiro. (laughs) Uh, I played some of the games you played as well, because I played Super Mario Party with you, but we'll get to that later on. Um, I beat Sekiro officially. I am I beat the final boss yesterday. You got to I'm watch so me bra- play oh, a little bit of it Oh, you actually did beat it. I watched you try a few times, and you got close. Yeah. I got very close. Dude, my heart was racing. <laughs> Holy shit. Um, and let me tell you, that's the most satisfying, like, most accomplished I've ever felt beating a game ever I'm like proud hands of you. down i'm proud of I, you. I got a video i got a video of it um i'm i tried to put it on twitter but it was too long of a video so they wouldn't let me so i'll put it on youtube because i just want to i want to share it with the world how proud i am myself so badass i want everyone I, listening right now if you are in public to just start clapping for holden <laughs> if you're in private i want you to just pat your bottom for him it's a bottom clap <laughs> Um, it was a nerve-wracking fight. Holy shit. First of all, the, the first two... It was like a four-phase fight. The mm-hmm. first two phases, I didn't get hit once. So I was just killing it. And then I get crushed in the third phase. I barely make it through that. And it comes to the, the, the fourth phase, the final phase, and I start it by running off a cliff accidentally. Oh, no. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, this is not going to go well. But I managed... So the in the final phase, you saw this. There was like the lightning attack. Right. And I managed to do the timing of it to get the lightning back at him. And when you do that, the, the final phase is actually way easier than the second phase is. Uh, but holy shit, I've never... Uh, what, an, what a great final boss. I'm already playing it again, New Game Plus, of course. Um, <laughs> because I'm just super addicted to that game. So yeah, um, I, I'd say to anyone who stopped playing that game because it was too difficult... This is kind of what I kind of realized. And I think we talked about this when the game first came out as well. But people always wanted From Software to make a more difficult game because they were people were used to Dark Souls. Bloodborne wasn't a massive deviation. People wanted that difficulty back. And I think part of that difficulty is just learning that game and realizing it's not Dark Souls. It's not Bloodborne. Like It's yeah. something different completely. You're going to have a hard and... time adapting to that game if you're used to those play styles. Exactly. So you just got to throw that out the window. It doesn't matter it's a From Software game. It matters it's Sekiro, and it's about sword fighting. That is what it's about. Yep. So anyone who stopped playing it because it was too hard, I implore you, go back into it and forget everything you know about Dark Souls. Because holy shit, this game is so fucking rewarding when you finally beat it. And also, 
certain bosses are definitely really, really fucking hard, especially the final boss. But I think in a lot of ways, it still is an easier game once you get used to it. Like, it's more forgiving in some ways than than I found Dark Souls and Bloodborne to be. I did notice because that you, you could, could just like, deflect. You could just, like, mash that L1 button for some of the fight. Yeah. And it would work pretty well at blocking or deflecting things. Yeah, so there's the deflect. And basically, the idea there is that if... I kind of don't know. That, sometimes the enemies have a, like a delayed reaction. So if you deflect too early, you miss out on it. So I just kind of get ready by just kind of keep doing it. And then once I f- see the rhythm of the sword moving, then I can kind of match that better. But it's kind of more of like, uh, what's a comparison? Um, I don't have a comparison for it. But it, yeah. Easily, my, this is my number two game of all time. I made the list. It's number number two. two game of all time. What's number your number two one? Game of all time. Breath Metro of Exodus? Oh. <laughs> Metroxis, no, that's not even in the top ten. But that's a very good game too. Um, yeah, I'm just I'm super satisfied with it. I'm playing it again, and also I don't give a shit about Bloodborne two at this point. I don't want that. I don't want that game. Well, don't take that Sekiro away from 2. the rest of us, because the rest <laughs> of us still want it. Holden, I mean, I wouldn't be upset. I wouldn't be like Bloodborne two. Fuck you from software. I wouldn't be like pissed <laughs> off about it. But I would much much rather have a Sekiro two. Uh, I want to have a secure because some of the complaints I have about the game are that they reuse boss battles a lot, and I want to experience different types of boss battles. I want to see and then kind of flesh this out, and it ends in a way that suggests that they are going to make a Sekiro too. And I'll leave it at that. Ooh, ooh. you don't die at the end, I assume. Then, (laughs) or maybe you resurrect yourself. Even if you did, even if you did, shadows die twice. Oh shit. I'm very aroused, <laughs> sir. Is that it? Is that all That's it. Say? That's all I got. All right. Yeah. Thank you, everyone, for listening. That's been Respawn Aim Fire. <laughs> <laughs> Playtime for me. I'm going to start with something that's not exactly a video game, but it is video game adjacent because of all the things that it has to do with. But that's a new show called Mythic Quest. Um, it came out on Friday on Apple TV Plus, if you have that. Um, and it's a new game produced by Ubisoft. Well, co-produced by Ubisoft and Lionsgate. Um, and it's a show about an MMO game studio and like producing this game's expansion and the struggles within the power struggles between the people, like trying to win over streamers. There's a PewDiePie streamer like person called uh, Pooty Shoes, and he calls he calls all of his fans Pooty Cuties and Pooty Duties because <laughs> girls and boys, the cuties and the duties. But uh, so. The show in general, if you've seen an, if a commercial for it, you probably realize that it's not funny, even though it's supposed to be funny. <laughs> <laughs> and watching the entire series this week in an airport made me realize, yeah, it is, it's not a funny show. I was very excited for it going in because it's from the, the guys who made Sunny in Philadelphia. It's from uh, Rob McElhenney and Charlie Day, who play Mac and Charlie on Sunny in Philadelphia. Uh, but Charlie's it's, not in it, though, is he? No, he's not in he's it. Not he in just it. Uh, created the show with Rob. Okay. And it... It, it's he not was good. like, yikes, I don't want to be in. <laughs> <laughs> there are parts of it that are really interesting to watch as a video game fan. Like, there are plot lines about, like, articles being written about this game in Kotaku and how they have to change the messaging that Kotaku has in their thing. And like, oh, we don't want another article written about us. And um, there are all sorts of video game references throughout because, obviously, it's co-produced by Ubisoft. So... Being able to, like, all of their properties are in it. You see, like, there's the flashback to the early 2000s, or, like, that, that decade between 20, 2000 and 2010. And there's, like, Rayman Raving Rabbids and the GameStop and all this kind of stuff. That, um, 
so it's like interesting from that point of view. You see Ashley Birch, who plays a lot of your favorite video game characters. She's in the show as a pretty major character as well. She plays Alo in Horizon Zero Dawn, Tiny Tina in Borderlands. Um, so it's it's interesting to see those types of things. But overall, just the show has a lot of characters that I don't enjoy. I don't like they're assholes and they know they're assholes. Versus, I think I mentioned this to you this weekend is like. What makes Sunny in Philadelphia so funny and their characters likable is that they're assholes and they're bad people, but they're ignorant to the fact that they're bad people. And their ignorance is what's funny and what makes it funny. And that's why they can handle like really funny topics that would normally be offensive, but because those characters don't know that it's bad. Like, and the show portrays it as bad. Anyway, but the, this char- these characters, they're like, they know they're assholes and they all have different shitty things about them and they know it and they kind of own it. And I'm like, oh, I don't like any of you. And you're not funny. <laughs> Uh, so if you are bored and you have four and a half hours to waste of your life and you want something video game related, go for it. It's kind of interesting to see that, but I wouldn't suggest anyone go run out and watch it immediately. So it's not the first, you said you watched the whole series, not the first three episodes, the whole series is up. Mm -hmm. Whole series came out at once on Friday. It's nine that's episodes. not the usual model. They just wanted to dump it. <laughs> well, it seems like that's what they're doing with their shorter series, because that's what Dickinson did on Apple TV Plus as well. They dropped the whole oh, series because they're right. half-hour that's shows. Right. Um, and then it looks yeah. like the longer dramas, they're doing like first three episodes and then one episode a week. But, but even Server, they did one. Uh, yeah, it's got to be by comedy, because I guess Dickinson's more of a comedy. Or they consider mm-hmm. it more of a comedy. God, Servant was, was 30 so minutes. Dickinson was fantastic. Yeah. Servant was also 30 minutes, but that was more of a... Um, I guess you could say horror. No, it wasn't. Know, it's not really. Like... It was also really boring. <laughs> <laughs> I liked it, but yeah, it's a slow movie show for sure. Uh, I played some other games this week. I played more of The Surge too. I am deep, my like, balls deep in that game right now. Loving every freaking second of it. Uh, scratching that Dark Souls itch for me. I played Super Mario Party. Got into Rhode Island this weekend. Visited some people for my 30th birthday party. Uh, and Matt hooked us up in his basement with Super Mario Party. Got to play a level I haven't played before. That game, again, is like fun to play with friends, but it also is like completely randomized to wins, basically. Um, <laughs> and it's broken, but it's still really fun. Um, Splatoon 2. I went to another yeah. Best Buy kiosk in your basement <laughs> <laughs> and actually gave Splatoon 2 an actual shake. And... Um, uh, I don't think it's a game that I will return to. We play. We didn't play again any of the single player, but uh, you made me play the regular matches, and then you played a couple of ranked matches. I watched. And it's just what's we. It's what's weird about it to me. I know I'm a hypocrite for saying this because I'm I'm not satisfied with the shooting of the game. Like shooting paint on the ground and shooting other people with paint doesn't feel good to me. The, the traversal is kind of satisfying, like actually like diving in and going quickly through and like f- f- going up the walls that and the macaroni like, sound. Yeah, and that, just like the stirring the macaroni. That's what macaroni sounds like. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I remember back in high school, I was trying to get my best friend in high school, Tim, to play the Metroid Prime games. I was like, dude, these games are amazing. I had just gotten my Wii. I was playing the GameCube games on. I was like, these games are amazing. And he started, he's like, I don't like it. I was like, what do you mean you don't like it? And this was right after he got his 360 and we were playing Gears of War. And he was like, I just don't feel like shooting balls of energy doesn't feel satisfying to me like shooting a gun with real bullets and things like that does. And I was like, 
that's dumb. You're an idiot. You're missing out on a great game because of it. And then fast forward however many 12 years later, and I'm sitting here saying, oh, shooting paint just doesn't set. Even if it is great mechanics, I'm just like. I, I would say that that's actually fair, though, because in Metroid Prime, that's not the main draw of the game is shooting. Yeah. But in Splatoon, that's what that's the main mechanic of the game is mm-hmm. shooting your rank and traversing. I think that's a very fair criticism. I don't think that's hypocritical. Yep. So uh, Splatoon 2, glad I tried it. Glad I gave it a fair shake. Um, not for me, however. And then I played Pokemon Sword. I finally had... Yeah. I took two flights back from Rhode Island. The first one immediately slept the entire three-hour flight. And then I had a five-hour flight. There was, this was so much longer than normal for some reason. I had a five-hour flight. And I wasn't able to sleep at all on it. So I played uh, about three hours of Pokemon Sword while watching 21 Jump Street. And I just just got to and beat the first gym leader i started the three hour journey from the wild area and then after three hours just made it and i need to know this i'm i'm going to continue the game a little bit but i need to know whether i need to go in begrudgingly or excitedly for the remainder of the game can you make it more than 10 steps without somebody coming and talking to you for five minutes because I feel like every 10 steps is like, oh, hey, you're a Pokemon champion. You should go to the hotel and check in. I'm like, cool. I walk into the lobby of the hotel. Oh, hey, you're here. You're a Pokemon champion. There's someone at the hotel thing. You should check in. And then I go to check in. Oh, hey, Team Yell's here. And we're angry, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, Jesus Christ, just let me do one thing in the game <laughs> without talking to me for 90 minutes. So I was a little frustrated yeah, that's, by that. that's how it is. <laughs> Did you play Sun and Moon? I played a few hours of, of Moon. Okay, yeah, because Sun and Moon's the same way, and that drove me nuts. I think I was more expecting it for this one, but yeah, that's definitely that's definitely right. part of the game. All Especially right. with Hop. Hop is so obnoxious. He always does that, like, two fists kind of, like, in the air a little bit, bobbing up and down like he's still, like, a GBA character or something. <laughs> and it's oh, it's terrible, yeah. It wouldn't bug me if the, if the cutscenes didn't feel so overlong and pointless. Yeah, a hundred percent. They're they're pointless. Like I could have gotten all of this information from the first of the seven people who told me it. <laughs> yeah. So I'm, matter I, of fact, you did get the information from the first of seven people. Exactly. Who told you it. I think it's I think it's because I'm I'm used to like the only games I guess I've ever really beat are Red, Yellow, Silver, and then Alpha Sapphire. Those are the only games, the only Pokemon games I've ever beat. And I, those, I feel like, aren't too heavy on it. One, because, like, game design-wise, on the Game Boy, the original Game Boy, like, you couldn't really have a ton of, like, cutscenes and dialogue and stuff like that. So it was, like, you had to purposefully talk to someone to get to them to talk to you. And there was a lot of exploration that you could do on your own. But, man, it was a slog those three hours getting to that gym leader. And then I was not impressed with that first gym challenge of the Wooloos, fucking making the Wooloos go through the haystacks. <laughs> I don't know. I'm definitely, I'm definitely going to continue playing it. I might not beat it though. I don't. I, whew, I've got a lot of time over the next six weeks. Spoilers: If you listened last week, you know this, but uh, I will not be on the next couple of episodes. Maybe, definitely not the next one. Maybe the, the second one as well, uh, as I'm having some pre-major surgery and I'm going to be just in my room, not dying for six weeks. Uh, I'll be playing some video games, but uh, it'll be a while before I'm back. So I'm going to have a lot of time to play. My goal was, I'm going to play Pokemon Sword and beat that, but who knows if I'll actually get through it or just throw my Switch. Do you have interest in the DLC? I do. See, 
I think I'm so I'm really interested in like the hunt for legendaries and mythic Pokemon. Mm-hmm. Like that that gets me. Right now, running into all these fucking like bunny rabbits and woo bats, I'm like not not super into this. But I know that once those stronger Pokemon get in there, and I'm like fucking kicking ass. I'm already kicking ass in battles and stuff like that. But I'm it's ready. super easy. I'm ready. I don't think I died once. Yeah, like, so all far, my Pokemon died. I've had every Pokemon faint, but not like the whole team. Every single trainer, the gym leader. I beat the gym leader. Who's a, the first one in Sword? I don't know if it's the same shield because I know they have different gym leaders. The first one in Sword is a Grass type gym leader. Yeah, same same. In, same and shield. I beat him completely with a Fighting Pokemon. It's like Fighting is not good against Grass, but it's just like I didn't have Fire, or Bug, or or Flying at all. And I just <clears> like <throat> I'm just gonna use this Fighting Panda, and I just beat the entire gym leader. And the Fighting Panda had still like half of his health left. <laughs> and I was like, that was way too easy. It feels like most Pokemon in a, in a battle against a trainer, you can just knock out in a single hit. Maybe two. Mm-hmm. It's, everything goes by so much faster. Yeah. Yep. And that is all she wrote. We're going to move on to a bunch of news stories. I was going to say a bunch of ass news stories, but that it would be a bad qualifier to put on these news stories because they're great and interesting. Starting with our fetch quests. I'm getting a phone call. I don't have time for a phone call right now. Get out of here. Stop calling me. No, answer it. Let's listen to the phone call. No, it's an 855 number. Whatever that is. Oh, yeah. There is a new Ratchet and Clank that could be coming to PS5. Oh, sorry. This this next string of a few news stories are all rumors. Rumored fetch quest. New Ratchet and Clank could be a PS5 launch title, according to James Bowers at DualShockers. I feel like it's you that's been saying a new Ratchet and Clank is possible as a launch title, right? Yeah, that was... That was one of my predictions for this year. Gotcha. So I feel like this is just in here as confirmation bias. And that he's like, <laughs> I want to find something that proves me right. But congratulations. It looks like you might be sniffing on the right trail there. Maybe. So this is to, to elaborate further on that. I made that prediction because Colin Moriarty said that there was going to be a PS4 game. Um, I'm sorry, PS, another PS4 Ratchet & Clank game. Oh, that's right. Yeah. And I said, well, clearly that's not happening because they would have announced it by now if it was going to have between now and the ps5's launch maybe development got moved over to a a uh, a ps5 game this is this story came from Colin moriarty saying exactly that he goes, I, he's like i don't know but that seems like it could happen at this point and it would probably be a launch title if so so yeah, really yeah. just i heard what Colin moriarty's thoughts earlier and said oh maybe this seems like the next next natural step for that if that's all true and being Colin moriarty was the originator of all that came to the same conclusion <laughs> Gotcha. So it's really not like confirmation bias. It's just kind of like, yeah, the person who I base my prediction off of is based, is making the same prediction. Gotcha. That's really what it is. Speaking of a next natural step, after an original, you might want to remake a sequel. And there's a rumor that Medieval 2 is getting a remake as well. And it's in development, according to Composer, says Chandler Wood at PlayStation Lifestyle. Uh, thanks to Twitter and some little bit of flubs, there's a comment on Twitter about whether or not a medieval remake would get a sequel or not, and the game's composer accidentally replied, actually, dot, dot, dot. Turns out the composer was intending to respond to a tweet saying it didn't sell well, and he was going to say, well, actually. And that was my first thought as well. I was like, really? Is this going to get a remake? I feel like medieval 1 got no fanfare, didn't sell, nobody cared about it. So I was surprised to see that this might be in development. It sounds like it might not be, but we'll see. We'll see. 
Next up, the rumor that WB Montreal's Batman game rumored to be a reboot and will release this fall, says Joseph Yaden at PlayStation Lifestyle. There have been lots of teases from WB over the last like five months. We've gotten uh, a lot of rumors that it might be a Court of Owls game, which is a dope storyline from the comics uh, on the New 52. There, uh, this game, again, will be made by Montreal, which is the team that made Arkham Origins, which is the one that, in all the collections, WB denies is an actual game, because like even the Return to Arkham collection doesn't include it, which is dumb. And actually, there's no way right now to play it on current-gen systems. You can't play Arkham Origins, I don't think, on current-gen systems, which is dumb. Um, cool. I'm ready for a new one. And something else this article mentioned is that it would be the start of a new DC game universe. So this would be Batman. There's a Superman game of apparently in development by another WB team. And then uh, something else by Rocksteady would be in that same thing, which would be really cool. We still know what Rocksteady's doing. No idea. I know what Rocksteady's doing. We're making a fucking game. With all that. And they're paying people to do it. I don't know. They could be switching over to like ASMR or something. Who knows? Oh, dude. Ass murder. Hell yeah. Next up, <laughs> Disney says no to Kingdom Hearts Sora in Super Smash Bros. Says Aaron Mamet from Digital Trends. Uh, according to Imran Khan, who now does a lot of stuff with Kind of Funny, previously of Game Informer, Disney rejected Nintendo's request for putting Sora in Smash. Apparently, Nintendo wanted Sora and Disney said no. Uh, Imran does not mention specifically that it was for Smash Bros. Ultimate, so it could be any Smash Bros., but it uh, looks like they've tried before. And it's definitely been a fan favorite. Like People have been asking for Sora, and that's a, a big popular choice. But interesting that Disney said no to that. <clears throat> yeah. Are there any Disney-adjacent or Disney-related characters in Smash? I don't um, think so. No. Not at all. Huh. Maybe they want to do their own Super Smash Bros. with Disney characters. God, if I could have Belle beat the shit out of, like, a dwarf, I would play that game. That game actually be kind of fucked up, because you could also play, like, the Beast fucking up Belle. <laughs> like, beating her up. Like, <laughs> oh, that'd be kind of weird. That's probably why that game does not exist. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, someone finally... be like, but they're in love. <laughs> why is that happening? Our last rumor... Uh, which seems like it's going to be pretty real, is a new Crash Bandicoot yeah. game has been leaked, says Emma Kent at Eurogamer. Uh, there are screenshots of it being a Temple Run-esque endless runner on mobile. So, woo! The only reason this is a rumor is because it's not official. But right. it's basically official. <laughs> yep. Speaking of official, we have uh, a whole host of official fetch quests, starting with Ubisoft plans to ship five AAA games in the upcoming fiscal year. Fiscal year. Uh, coming from Logan Moore at Dual Shockers. Three of the titles are already known Watch Dogs Legion, Rainbow Six Quarantine, and Gods and Monsters. All three will be coming to next gen consoles. Jason Schreier recently tweeted a couple days ago as well Anyone holding out for hope for Splinter Cell is once again going to be disappointed. Sorry, it's Assassin's Creed and Far Cry are the other two titles in that five. So, uh, yeah, poor Splinter Cell. Poor, poor Splinter Cell. Super Smash Bros' Sakurai wants to move past the debate around Fire Emblem characters from Heron Cryer at US Gamer. Uh, Sakurai basically said, yeah, I know. There are too many Fire Emblem characters in Smash Bros. There are too many sword <laughs> fighters. Uh, but he's, he, he briefly mentions, uh, it was Nintendo's decision, and once we commit to something, I will finish it. So he knows, which, which hopefully means of the next six characters, none of them are fucking Fire Emblem characters. 
Basically, what this also means, too, is that they asked him, and he's like, come on, guys, really? Mm-hmm. This is the last one. I'm talking publicly about this shit. Yep. <laughs> like, I won't let it happen. Cyberpunk 2077 will, for me, unfortunately, have around 75 bespoke street stories, says Matthew Olsen at US Gamer. It's too much. What do you mean? It's, it's too, too much. much. Those are 75, like, like fleshed out fully realized side quests not counting all of the like little things that you can do around the city too kind of equivalent to spider-man's like stop the thieves killing people and that kind of stuff mm-hmm. it's, it's too much my open world game like concerns which is like the witcher 3 i've mentioned this a few times is like there's either too much content out there in the game that doesn't matter in which case why is it in there and it's fluff and i hate it or all of it matters, and it's all good content, and that in that case, it's overwhelming, and I'm never going to finish it, and I'm going to feel like I'm left out, and I can't. I can't. 75 side quests that are I all... I think the reason... Huh. I think the reason they do that, though, is not so much because they want everyone to play 75 side quests, but it's like why there's 900 Korok seeds in Breath of the Wild. It's just Stupid. so you can stumble... Or... <laughs> it's so you can stumble around them all the time, and you don't have to, like, necessarily... You know the world. It make the world feel richer because everywhere you go, something interesting is going on. But you might not see all of those things in one playthrough. I hate that. Those I hate the fact that there are things that I'm better. not going to see in this game. <laughs> <laughs> Everything needs to be Spider Man. Spider Man was the perfect balance of open world elements and being able to complete everything that felt like you needed to complete. Ooh, we'll talk about it later on because I really disagree with that. <laughs> I loved it. Fallout 76 is finally getting NPCs in April as part of a long-awaited Wastelanders update, says Matt Wales at Eurogamer. This was announced last E3. Uh, there was a, mm-hmm. they were, it was supposed to come end of last year, but it got delayed. Uh, finally coming out April 7th, free for all players. Yeah. Remember that game? Next up is a report that 1.3 million VR headsets were being connected by Steam users in December, says Alex Calvin, PC Games Insider. Uh, interesting. That's a lot of VR headsets connected to Steam, which means it's not necessarily the Oculus Quest uh, over the Christmas holiday or Hanukkah holiday or Jehovah's Witness just gutting, getting a gift because they have money to spend and not for a holiday. Were you about to say gutting a gift? <laughs> gutting a gift. Just taking a knife to a stuck pig. What if that's your gift? If you're a Jehovah's Witness, can you only get barnyard animals? Next up, Final Fantasy 15 and Wolfenstein. <laughs> that's definitely Youngblood. how a good Jehovah Witness works. <laughs> Hit Xbox Game Pass this week. That means I might actually play Wolfenstein Youngblood sooner than I intended because it's coming to Game Pass cool, this week. Cool. And finally, and I'm Quest. compelled by Final Fantasy 15. You I'm should try that out now. You should. That game was dope. Okay. Platinum. Yeah, that that game. God, that last trophy mm, for the platinum. That. that last trophy for the platinum. Which, like, I mean, like you're gonna play it on Xbox. Like that? No. Well, that was a, a one that. Yeah, you just literally had to like run for a tenth, a, a whole shit ton of distance. Um, but then there was one where you had to beat this giant, optional boss after the game. That was just this huge turtle that just took forever yep, to kill. I saw a video of that, yeah. Uh, NVIDIA finally releases GeForce Now streaming service from Alex Calvin, PC Games Insider. This is actually something that we brought up a long-ass time ago when Stadia was first announced and talking about game streaming services, and I totally forgot it existed. But GeForce Now is a game service that allows you to stream your existing collection of Steam and PC titles using like just a separate instance of them in the cloud, and it's... Uh, so whatever games you already own, you can just stream them to other devices. 
Uh, and it's been in beta for a long time, but now it's officially out, which is totally dope. And apparently it works a lot Very better exciting. than Stadia does. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. If I played more, st- more uh, PC games, I would definitely look into that. But I don't, so I won't. Holden, who makes Xbox? Yeah. Microsoft. Oh, fuck. We have a quest log from them. Let's look at some things. Xbox Series Microsoft. X appears to feature expandable storage, says Josh Starr at DualShockers. You remember a couple of weeks ago when uh, there was the back of the, the thing shown off at AMD at their thing at CES? And then everyone was like, oh, my God, this is what the back of it looks like. There are USB-C ports. And then Microsoft is like, no, y'all, those are fucking fake-ass renders that they just use in their official conference. That's not what it looks like. <laughs> and then somebody else was like... Hey, y'all go. I got, I, got a, I got an actual picture of this thing. And he showed it off. And everyone's like, oh, fuck. It's just USB-A ports. I want to kill myself. I hate this. <laughs> that picture is totally legit. And here's how we know. It's 100% legit. People tried to check the warranty status on it by typing the serial number in the photo. And it checked out. It has a warranty. So <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that photo did have like the full serial number available. That was interesting. Uh, which is... Also means that guy definitely got fired. <laughs> exactly. Because they, tra- they trace those things. They track them. Um, yeah. yeah, so one of the one of the ports on the back of that thing, aside from two really lackluster USB-A ports, was a rectangular, really slim port that appears to be maybe for expansion. Uh, CF Express cards, SSD cards, are used in high-end cameras, uh, like cinema cameras and high-end DSLRs right now as like really, really fast read-write speeds for capturing stuff. And it uh, looks like perhaps Microsoft might be using those for expanding storage because i know that's a concern you and i have had is that if these consoles come out with this really really fast unique ssd how do you expand that with external storage past whatever it's going to be 512 a terabyte Mm -hmm. two terabytes how do you expand that in a way that the system can still take control of its like premier feature it's telling you load times are going to be so fast but if i have this really slow ass usb 3.0 hard drive connected to it it's impossible to still make it that fast so this could be okay. an interesting solution. So I'm, I, I didn't look this up beforehand, but I kind of just thought, like, ooh, this sounds like the Vita uh, memory cards all over again, where they're, you know, really, really pricey. Yeah. I'm like, I, I don't know that. Let me look up the price. I'm on SanDisk's website right now. <laughs> yeah. How much do you think a 64 gigabyte they're expensive. CF Express? They're expensive. $150. $150 for 64 gigs. 512 $600. You might spend more... Then the console, to maybe, we don't know, that might, that might be the price of the console, who knows, to get what's probably going to be less storage than the console itself. Look up, look up CFast. CFast are a similar size card as well. See how much those cost. Is it, is it just C, CFast? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, 256 gigabytes is $200. Okay. So it's a little so more affordable, but still... Yeah, that is really pricey. Yep. God, those Vita memory cards were the stupidest thing that's ever happened in gaming. Yeah. No, actually, that's a lie. Animal Crossing exists. Next up, Microsoft <laughs> rumored to have been in talks <laughs> to acquire Platinum Games last year. Uh, says Ardo Kratky at DualShockers. Uh, so Microsoft and Platinum were working really closely on the Dragon game that got canceled. What was it? Scalebound. Scalebound. I was actually looking forward to that. That dope, like, I was dude good. wearing the Beats headphones, having being best friends with the dragon, killing shit. Um, this comes from Brad Sams on Twitter, who says, uh, who's known for insider knowledge at Microsoft, and apparently just the deal fell through. 
what a catalog of games Microsoft would have had if they had successfully bought Platinum Games. That would be insane. Uh, suddenly, they would have another <laughs> Nintendo property. Like, they have Banjo-Kazooie now. They would have had Bayonetta. They would have had Metal Gear Solid Rising Revengeance. That was a dope hit. <laughs> <laughs> I went, oh, yeah, that's right. That game existed. They would have had a Transformers game. <laughs> but for real, Platinum does make some hits and some misses. Uh, I really I'm, – I'm putting – What's the name? Van, v, Vanguard? Van? Uh, Vanquish. Vanquish is going to be oh, on my yeah, yeah, yeah. barf poll that goes out. I'm going to put it out this week for March. It's going to be one of the four games on there. We'll see. Was it that a PS Plus game? The it remaster of it? Been. I know they just re-released like an anniversary Bayonetta and Vanquish together, like a dual pack just got released. Vanquish... Yes, uh, Vanquish PS Plus. I'm colorblind. This is a good color yeah, shirt. PlayStation Plus update. Vanquish joins Instant Game Collection. That happened in 2013. So 2013. I oh, I got that shit. Oh, that's also the that's also the PS3 version of it then. Um. Oh yeah, there was the remaster that came out. Yeah. I think it's on Game right. Pass. It's some. It's accessible somewhere. I know that. If not, then it's dirt cheap. Something. Anyway. Interesting that that could have happened. Xbox's Phil Spencer says Amazon and Google are its main competitors, not Sony or Nintendo. This is from Eric Van Allen at US Gamer. Ladies and gentlemen, dot, 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 Phil, dot, God damn it, Michael Crichton. <laughs> Phil Spencer, dot, dot, dot. Uh, thank you, Holden, for the introduction. Crichton. It's all his fault. It's all Michael Crichton's fault. <laughs> RIP, rest in peace. Don't tie. Everyone, don't tie. <clears throat> this is a quote from Phil Spencer. When you talk about Nintendo and Sony, we have a ton of respect for them, but we see Amazon and Google as the main competitors going forward. That's not to disrespect Nintendo and Sony, but the traditional gaming companies are somewhat out of position. I guess that they could try to reactivate Azure, sorry, they could try to recreate Azure, but we've invested tens of billions of dollars in cloud over the years. I don't want it to be I don't want to be in a fight over format wars with those guys while Amazon and Google are focusing on how to get gaming to 7 billion people around the world. Hold on, what are your thoughts this is on this? Basi- well, this is basically the quote that Steve Jobs say all the time, skate to where the puck is going to be, not where it's currently at. Um, this reminds me of that a lot. Um, I think this is really, really smart. I do think he's being assumptive that Sony's not doing this. I'm sure Sony is looking for that next thing as well. I think we just don't know what Sony's going to do yet. So it's hard to say like what direction they're going to be going in. But Nintendo for sure is is playing that old game and i think it's fine for nintendo i'm sure microsoft has a little bit of an idea of what sony's doing because sony did just strike a deal to use azure servers for whatever their next cloud thing mm-hmm. is going to be but um yeah, yeah this 100 percent. this is where the industry's going interesting to see that well i get it so amazon you know aws hosting all of this stuff i get that i feel like he's giving Amazon and Google a lot more credit for actually having worthwhile things in the gaming space. And I don't see them in the next five years being actual competitors. But I guess this is more of a long-term thing. But them maybe enabling games from other people across seven seven billion people around the world is an an option. But um, I'm pretty aligned with Phil Spencer on this one, actually. This is something I was saying back when Stadia first got announced that 
I, I said specifically and called out Amazon as well. Amazon, Google, and Microsoft are going to be the big three in gaming because they have the internet infrastructure uh, laid out already. Whereas like Sony and Nintendo are going to have to piggyback off of Azure or Amazon Web Services or Google's cloud offering. And because of that, it gives them a strategic advantage to offer the best pipelines for their content. It, like think of it as like the Apple Store, or the App Store. You know, Apple can put an app in the App Store and fuck with the rules. They can do whatever they want if they put an app in the App Store. They don't got to pay thirty percent to themselves, but everyone else has to pay thirty percent of their sales to them. And that puts Apple in this competitive advantage that you know, in this in this context, uh, Nintendo and Sony won't be able to compete with. Yeah. I, Unless they have their own grad work. So I think from that perspective, absolutely. Stadia's having a rocky start, absolutely. We haven't seen what Amazon's doing yet, but they have studios. They've been working on games in quiet for a while now. I think they're going to come out banging. Amazon Maybe has released a lot of games, though, over the last few years. Well, not few years, but like over the last decade. They've released games, and none of yeah. them have been good. They did? Yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah, when they Either started way, they started originally for like their Fire TV stick a long time ago like oh, they wanted my to release things right. for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um Yeah, so I, I do feel like they will have the right the infrastructure. They're going to make a ton of profit off of these things for sure. Yeah. But Google Stadia, you know, stumbling right off the bat. I feel like Google and Amazon are not going to have worthwhile services up front. They will maybe evolve mm-hmm. into something that is worthwhile, but in that time, I feel like Sony's going to be able to build something really great on uh, the Azure servers in partnership with Microsoft, and I feel like they're still mm-hmm. going to be a contender in that for sure. And then I feel like Nintendo's just going to stick with whatever it's doing and forget the internet exists. Yeah, they can they can get away with that though. They'll be fine. Yeah. Interesting, interesting, Phil. Oh, nice. I still say that with Sony. Amazon. There, I, I want to look up the last time they released a game because let me see here. Whoop, What's one. the name of the Groundhog Day Groundhog? Paul Pentatucky Paul Tucket. Pa. Okay, so the last game they released was the the Grand Tour game, which is like the Grand Tour is that like um, it's like a car documentary show. But before that, it was 2015. So they probably have teams that have been working on stuff for their um, for their cloud service whenever that comes out. And there's two other games called Crucible and New World. What's New World? Exactly. <laughs> no, I actually think I've heard of this. It's Punxsutawney Phil. This sounds weird. Okay, the game is set in the mid-1600s. Players colonize a fictional land modeled after British America in the Atlantic Ocean. Well, that's Oh, it's historical. Except the next comma, next thing, which uses zombies to represent Native Americans. Where did that come <laughs> what? from? What? <laughs> Players scavenge resources, craft items, and fight other players. Amazon has not announced what payment model the game will use. A closed beta will occur in April 2020 for players who have pre-ordered. Um, my, I think I'm, I'm still thinking that they're going to at least come out and say, here's our web service, or our, our streaming service, uh, and streaming service meaning like what Stadia means, probably just buying games from them. But they're going to come out with exclusive games, whereas Google didn't. I mean, Amazon set themselves up for that. But beyond that, even, like, if if the future is really going in the streaming direction with like 5G really kind of ushering that in people are going to buy th- games in the easiest way they possibly can and as he says it like here like 
Nintendo, Sony, and Microsoft are always going to be fighting over like us, the hardcore gamers. But it's these other seven billion people around the world that'll just go, "Oh, cool! Like I played Half Life a long time ago and really liked it. Half Life, you know, seven is now out, so I'm going to pick that up. And it, I don't have to buy a console; I'll just play it on Amazon because I'm not really like I, this, this is just the one game I want to play. Right. In that sense, Amazon, Google are going to absolutely dominate. I'm um, gaming, and we're just going to be having our own little like world with Sony, Nintendo, Microsoft still. I think that's kind of what he's trying to say. Interesting take. Interesting take. We're going to move on to our Sony Quest Log, where a Sony patent describes system to help players who are stuck in a game. This is our Minicon at PlayStation Lifestyle. Uh, according to a patent, there's a player that could just simply ask PlayStation how to complete a puzzle or defeat a boss or etc. and get a suggestion. And apparently these suggestions could also include microtransactions. We've seen similar things, like, for instance, the Google Assistant built into Stadia yeah. that still doesn't exist, really, where you can say, hey, how do I beat this level? <laughs> and developers could, like, oh, well, let's go right to a YouTube video or a walkthrough. Which um, is the coolest feature they announced. Yeah. That yeah. was amazing. Um, and then we've also seen things like in Nintendo games recently, uh, over the last few years, there are options where you could just, like, say, hey, I can't do this platforming puzzle. Have Mario do it for me, and then I'll just pick up whenever he's done. Um, so there are... There are these little helpful things throughout games already, there's a little bit of a precedent. But I would 100% welcome this because there, I feel like there are games, I can't think of any off the top of my head right now, but there are games that I get to a particular spot in them and I know that I want to finish this game. Like, there's a cool game, I like it, but just like one boss or one puzzle and it's like, I don't feel like, I don't feel like doing this or I can't do yeah. this and it's, it's a shame that it broke the game for me. <clears throat> I, I also, I think that they, the article mentioned the microtransactions part is like really bad thing. I actually don't think that'd be that bad. Like, I kind of see that as playing out. Uh, using me playing Sekiro as an example, I ended up beating the final boss. I used, uh, um, in, in order to do that, I used an item called uh, an Echo Sugar, which increases my attack power temporarily. Mm-hmm. So I can see you being like, man, how do I beat this boss? And the game responds back to me and says, well, you're having a hard time. You know, uh, you, you might want to do more damage to him if you get this little item, like, for 99 cents. Then you can do more damage to him, beat the boss. I imagine it being something like that. I don't think that's terrible. Yeah, as long as it's single player. Especially game. thinking of Lady Butterfly in that game, and how they're like <laughs> they tell you in the game, "Oh man, yeah, if you want to get rid of those little ghosts, just use this one consumable item," and then they give you like yep. one of them. Like, cool. Yeah, use that on the first time I tried, and now I don't have any of those. I'm like, cool. Yeah, we'll charge you forty nine cents for more if you want. I never used any of those, right? And I'm it's only saying this because at the end of the game, guess how many I had. I didn't use six. one. Exactly six. <laughs> Is that for real? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly six. Like, <laughs> and those things don't even get rid of a lot of the ghosts. They don't get rid of all of them. It's such bullshit. <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm all for this. Uh, the microtransactions would be, they would definitely have to be something that over time we learn from trial and error about what's right and what's not right. If it's something that like, hey, we can tell you how to defeat this boss with a 49 cent microtransaction, I'm not a fan of that. Because I could easily just look on my phone, go to Google, or go to YouTube, and figure out how to beat it. Oh, that'd be but if it provides so me something, <laughs> right, if it provides me with something, or if it completes something for me, then yeah, if it would be worth a dollar or $2 to get past something to allow me to see the rest of the game that I wouldn't be able to see otherwise, for sure. Mm-hmm. And then for those people who are like, well, it's cheating, it fucking breaks the game. Well, who the fuck cares? If I, in my single-player game, cheated to get past it, why does that take away from your experience? You didn't just fail yourself. Or did you just uh, cheat the game with yourself? <laughs> that's, the, uh, 
the quote from uh, was, when the, the whole accessibility in games conversation uh, was coming over on Sekiro. That was right. like the joke phrase. And I guess something else that you could think about too is like, how does that affect trophy completion? And I think it would be, I would still be okay with like, if you use this feature, if you pay $2 and you still can't get the trophy. Because there are a lot of games that like, hey, you can have all of these cool little extra things turned on that allow you to see the world in Mirror World or like have this really cool gun or have Fat Drake in Uncharted. But if you play with these modifiers, it disables trophies. So I think that's like, if you can't beat this boss regularly and you pay $2 to get past it, I'm okay with still not getting the trophy for that. That's because trophies are not rights. They're privileges. They are privileges. It's a privilege to peer. You're in town. Got a big oopsie in the next one. <laughs> Do we? Ubisoft says PS5 backwards compatibility, quote, almost all back catalog, end quote, of previous consoles. Says Joseph Yaden at PlayStation Lifestyle. Yves Guillemot, during an earnings call, says, quote, these consoles will be running almost all the back catalog of previous consoles. It will be somewhat. It will be something new in the industry. It will help the old generations to continue to be big consoles on the market for years to come. Oops, <laughs> that's the biggest thing that I've wanted from this next generation too is to be able to play all of my old games. Now, here's the thing. Hopefully, it accesses like the PS3 back catalog digitally that I've already purchased. Speaking of, PS5 backwards compatibility could be enhanced. Well, 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 before you go into that thought, I just want to say, I think this is going to be the majority of games. He says almost all. I think that almost all would take away things like the PlayStation iToy games. Sure. Or PlayStation Home. I think it's... Yeah. I think I really think if they're going to bring back PS2, it's everything. If they're going to bring yeah. PS1, it's everything. Anyway, sorry, keep going. Speaking of, PS5 backwards compatibility could be enhanced by AI upscaling, says Chandler Wood at PlayStation Lifestyle. Apparently, this technology is not new, but Jason Gwertzman, founder of PlayFab, discusses how technology has made them consider shipping a game with lower resolution textures and have machine learning handle the rest to make it actually look good once you're playing it on your console. That could be huge for keeping file sizes down in regular games, not even just old games looking better on new ones. But Mm -hmm. Something else that came up years ago that could be related to this, that I hope to God is related to this, is Sony patented a way of retroactively adding trophies to PlayStation 1 classics. Oh, interesting. So if you were playing Final Fantasy VII, the classic version, not the PS4 re-release and not the PS4 remake, uh, there's a way that they could actually go in and mark points in there without like, just having like either AI or having developers go in and manually put things in to actually have trophies pop on old games, which would be so cool. <laughs> Oh man, that would be actually kind of awesome. Like, ma- imagine having the Xbox Game Pass quests. Concept, oh yeah, but for like PS2 games. Hell yeah, that's, that's badass. <laughs> Sony has launched an official PS5 web page, and it's short on new details from Brian Ashcraft at Kotaku. Um, the website does confirm a holiday release. I know Holden, you were like, "There's a chance that it could come out this summer," because they just said 2020. But nope. Turns out it is officially holiday, and then aside from that, we don't know much else. But there is a quote that says, We've begun to share some of the incredible features you can expect from PlayStation 5, but we're not quite ready to fully unveil the next generation of PlayStation. Sorry, I'm like trying not to burst in the middle of that. Hardcore. They're such teases right now. Yep. Teasing, they didn't have to do that. Them. They could have like just made an announcement, and then the day that they announced the stuff, then make the PS5 website. But no, they're like, yeah, just like put it out there. Don't say anything on it. It'll get attention. Yep. Good marketing move. Very good marketing move on their part. 
Also, it's probably like, let's buy this domain before somebody else does and we have to buy it from them. <laughs> I wonder if somebody's already bought... No, there. I feel like we read a news story a while ago that's like, PlayStation yeah, has already bought up to PlayStation for... 10 or something like that. Yeah. Did you hear the story of the guy who... Basically, Google forgot, like, lapsed on their domain register, and this guy noticed that he could buy Google.com, so he did. <gasps> what? Yeah. No. And... Man, the guy could have squeezed so much money out of Google, and he ended up with like what I think forty thousand dollars, which is a lot of money. But you could have been like, "Hey, I mean, your whole you know profit line depends on Google.com. <laughs> yep. I want a million dollars, and Google would have done it probably." Yep. Anyways, uh, next up, the PlayStation Five. More news about it. Uh, the price is seemingly still undetermined. Says Alistair Wong at Silicon Era. Apparently, the price hasn't been decided yet because of a variety of factors. But CFO Hiraki Totaki says Sony needs to find the right balance between labor costs and volume. And if looking at our competitors and what they're doing is uh, – sorry, this is not a direct quote. But if looking at the competitors um, uh, and where they're at, that might make us reconsider kind of where we're going to be at as well. Um, so it looks like they might be waiting for Microsoft to make a move first before they determine how much they're going to charge for theirs. And part of that comes down to like how much money are we willing to lose – per console in order to still come out and be maybe the cheaper console or a competitive price at least. I don't know. I don't I don't know if I see it that way because the, a lot of that same talk w- happened around the PS4 Xbox 1 announcement. It was like, "Oh, at E3, Xbox uh was announced to be $500 and then later like the next day Sony announced 400, it's because they heard the price of the Xbox and decided to go lower." And Sony even commented afterwards like, "No, we knew it was going to be $400. That's what we priced it at because that's what we worked for us i don't know like if a company could say well we were gonna take a a 50 hit but like what's another 50 dollars times a million like in losses like i don't and, and just in, like launch day sales and then like maybe 10 million by the end of a few months i just don't know if they would do that to me i read the bright balance between labor costs and volume to even kind of mean let's see what happens with this uh, coronavirus thing <laughs> and see like what kind of labor we could even get to make them yeah and the amount of volume we can get as well that, that's how i read it at least um but we're gonna have to see yeah we will have to see holden find out and then finally the next ps5 and last thing on our sony related quest log is the ps5 ssd could be the samsung nvme ssd 980 qvo Lots of letters and, and things in there. Chandler Wood at PlayStation Lifestyle wrote this article. It says, uh, this is by no means a confirmation, although it's very possible. There's Let's Go Digital simply noticed a similarity between Mark Cerny and Samsung's language when they were describing the new SSDs. Cerny describes the PS5's SSD as specialized and has raw bandwidth higher than any SSDs available for PCs. Samsung's new NVMe SSDs they can reach 7 gigabytes per second read speed. That's gigabytes, not gigabits, which is much more impressive. A mid-tier QVO drive with slightly slower specs is more likely to be in the PS5, considering it's $200 cheaper than the Pro version. And for reference, they market these new drives with the trademark tagline, Unstoppable Speeds. Uh, I'm glad that you put this in here, because this week, I separately, unrelated to this, just looked into what a, an NVMe drive was, SSD versus the traditional SATA SSD drive. And I think there's a there's a lot of people who are looking into 
well, I can get an SSD for my PC for two terabytes for like 80 bucks. And those happen to be the SATA versions of these, which are a different type of way that it's the... old tech now. Exactly, old tech. Different, different way that the, the hard drive talks to the computer. It's much slower. And in looking at the speed comparisons of NVMe versus SATA SSDs, it is incredible how much faster these things are. SATA is like a few hundred megabytes per second, isn't it? Yeah, versus the seven gigabytes per second that we're getting here. That's 7,000 megabytes that you get from an NVMe version of the drive. Uh, so I don't think that like comparing what you can get traditionally nowadays as an SSD for your PC to what we might see in the PlayStation 5 and Xbox One X is... Uh, one, Xbox Series X is... Uh, a fair comparison at all and i still think we're kind of in the dark as how much that's actually going to push up the price of these consoles because it's going to be huge yeah uh exactly the a lot of people were saying the whole like oh yeah it's not gonna be too bad ssds are really cheap now but it's like saying like these are custom made this is specialized this is new tech this is not yeah something that has existed before but also i think this puts a really interesting um it's an interesting change in the kind of pc versus console debate where PCs might have more power, but if they can pull off that hard drive faster on consoles and those drives are proprietary to consoles, that gives a really big advantage to consoles. And you're going to start seeing different types of games maybe that couldn't be on PCs until they catch up and people on PCs upgrade their hard drives to these you know, MVM uh, E-drives. Like This could be a really interesting change in that conversation. And I, I could be totally wrong here but it seems like that's a possibility and i'd be very interested to see how that plays out yeah we'll have to see we will things we don't have to see though because they're already hinted at in esrb is that the nintendo quest log animal crossing new horizons dlc hinted at by esrb rating says jenny Leda at silicon era as well the e- official esrb rating doesn't hint uh, doesn't actually hint at dlc but it does say includes in-game purchases Speaking of Animal Crossing, they will use cloud backups, but under very specific circumstances, says Heron Cryer, US Gamer. Cloud saves apparently will only be allowed for Animal Crossing if your Switch is damaged or lost. And then Nintendo hopes that this will prevent people from time traveling in the game. First of all, that's not how cloud saves work. If my Switch is lost, I can't say, hey, now can we enable this, this cloud save on it, please? Yep. <laughs> no. Exactly. You have to proactively back it up to the cloud so that if it does get lost, you can retrieve it. I think what they're not communicating very well here at all is that there will be cloud saves, but you can't access it whenever you want to. You can only access it when there's a need for it. Um, and I actually understand where Nintendo's coming from here. When you play Animal Crossing, people who don't know, it is a real-time game with a full 365-day calendar. So if it's, you know, right now it's 410 as we're recording this. If I open up Animal Crossing, it is 410 on Monday, February 10th in 2020. So what will happen is people will say, oh, okay, so I put them some bells in the bank. I'm now going to change the time on my Nintendo 3DS to be 90 years in the future, and the interest on those bells... Uh, skyrockets so now i can just start buying the uh, next upgrade for my house in a day as opposed to like you know doing what you're supposed to do which is slowly save money over time until you can get that house and so i think what they're trying to prevent you from doing is messing with the time and then pulling down saves from 
a different time to have some sort of change in the game. I don't know how the systems in, the, in New Horizons are going to work, so I don't know exactly like how you can manipulate that, but they've probably have figured out some ways that people could manipulate time in that game, like they've done in every other Animal Crossing game in the past. And it does kind of ruin the game. They've always been trying to prevent you from doing it in some way. Like, if you jump 90 years in the future, your town is covered in weeds, and now you have to pluck all the weeds out of your town because time passed 90 years passed and you weren't picking the weeds like you were supposed to for 90 years so it happens my initial thought is like why the fuck do they care why do they care if me and my single player animal crossing on my island on my switch decide that i want to jump in time and get this and it's like it's my experience i'm not competing online for having the best strawberry so who the fuck cares if i make mine faster why do they care? And it's like in the past, you've been able to like change the time on your 3DS to whatever you want, and there's been Animal Crossings on that. You've been able to do it with the Wii when there was Animal Crossing on that. Um, but then that other wrinkle from the story right behind it is like it, there will be in-game purchases. It's like, oh, I wonder if they're maybe trying to in the future sell us upgrades. Be like, oh yeah, you could actually make these grow faster. You could build your house faster if you buy this fast pass for whatever it is that you're growing or these miracle seeds. I wonder if yeah. that has anything to do with it. The in-game purchases, I'm honestly completely dumbfounded on. I have no idea. Like, cause Nintendo's not one to put, you know, microtransactions in $60 games. I think Animal Crossing lends itself better to that than any of the other games, but they should let us know soon if they're doing that. Because that would, like, I, I already bought Animal Crossing. If I found that, find out that, like, certain items and stuff, like all the cool stuff is behind a paywall, I'm going to be fucking pissed because that's not... How Animal Crossing games work. So I'm really curious here. I, they need to say something. Or it could be we'll like when, um, when Assassin's Creed released Odyssey and they're like, hey, you can buy this one-time $10 thing that like permanently increases your experience gain. Or you could play the game like regular. And, and Oh, yeah, I remember that. Like, yeah. So I wonder if that's something that they're looking to do. It's just like sell oh. you something that lets you get things faster. Here's what they could do. In the last game, they had something called Town Ordinances. So you could do something like, say, I want it so that our economy is a little bit better and I make more money when I sell, you know, fruits and stuff like that or sell anything to the shop. There's like a like a 10 or 20% increase in what you would normally get. But you just go to the town and to start an ordinance, you had to pay 20,000 bells to start the ordinance. That way you couldn't just like flip-flop back and forth. Yeah. Maybe they can do that with microtransactions instead. Ooh, God. that would be rough. Yeah, this I game sounds like that. it's going to be terrible. Nobody buy it. <laughs> and you were going to love it, too. Like, now you're turned off by That's, it. This is it. That's what did story. it for me. Yeah. The cloud saves. <laughs> uh, next up is our Google Quest log. We've got one story. It's another sigh. <laughs> Stadia's free tier coming in the next quote. Sorry, the quote next few months, says Stephen T. Wright at GameSpot. Direct quote from Phil Harrison says, The big strategic difference is that over the next few months, you will be able to experience Stadia for free. No money down. Without having to put a box in your home, you can just click and play amazing games straight from our data center. One, we already knew that was coming. Two, why did you say this if you didn't have more news to say about it? Like, give us a date. Yeah. Next few months, that's so ambiguous. What the hell does that mean? It doesn't matter, though, because even if you get the free version, you still have to pay all these high prices for games that have been out for a trillion years that you probably yeah. already own elsewhere technically speaking october is a few months away depending on how loose of a definition you have for well few, few means three to four does it mean three to four specifically yep five is a handful few is three or four a couple is two i don't know about a handful okay i knew a couple is two but it's, just, it's very, very five fingers 
Oh, right. Gotcha. Little phalanges. So sometime Technically, before four fingers, one thumb. Daddy finger, daddy finger, where are you? I, I were just you don't, on that? Like, no, my, that was from the Destiny Raid. Just kidding. Sorry. <laughs> you were not on that night. <laughs> I, what I don't understand here is how Google's marketing, which is generally not terrible, is so atrociously bad here. I mean, I look at all the news stories that come through Feedly, and the only headlines I see about Google are bad, and they're usually from an executive at Google saying something bad. Like, it's unbelievable to me. I just, I don't, I'm, it's really shocking. Yep. But you will be able to play we Destiny that- Vanilla version on Stadia for free. And that's <laughs> probably what I'll still have that same username for. I'm only going to log into the free thing to play it on my computer, trashily somewhere. <laughs> And then our final quest log tonight, before we get to our main quest, is our third-party quest log. I'm going to let you run with this first one because I only half-watched this video in the background while I was putting away groceries. So, hold on. Tell me about okay. Star Citizen. So, we've talked about Star Citizen a few times before. Kind of a game that's slid on details. Just a little background on it. It was uh, crowdfunded and is the biggest budget of any game ever. I think it's like $250 million dollars. Is, is now how much money it's raised for, for its development. And people kept wondering, is this game a scam? <laughs> like, is it really even going to happen? They're charging $1,000 for a ship to play in a game that doesn't even really technically exist yet. But I guess people have early alpha access if they backed it. But Digital Foundry, uh, I guess one of the guys that works there, got to go talk to the developers and kind of see where the progress is at. And the based on what he was talking, it sounds like he's done this before. This is not the first time. And I, I put this in here because some of the stuff in this really blew my mind. I think the easiest way to describe it is this is what No Man's Sky was saying without showing you, and they're showing you. Things like, oh, planets revolve around the sun, and it will impact the lighting of that planet, and it's natural. As opposed to No Man's Sky, which said that, didn't show you it, and then... At the end, it just turns out that there was no simulation like that. They just had a normal light box set up like every other game does. But like the things they were showing really, really blew me away. This is clearly not intended for, for consoles. It, it just looks so visually uh, real, honestly. It just, it just looks real. It's kind of fucking bananas how good it looks. Yeah. Like, there are I think things... part of what, made, what impressed me from the little that I got was... Um the ability for them to scale between really small detailed environments and really large scale things really quickly by um, on the fly without hundreds of gigabytes of RAM in your computer on the fly, being able to go from larger polygons. And then as you kind of get closer, it just like divides those down into smaller ones. And at the same time, it's also changing the collision boxes on everything to match those smaller scale things too. Like that was really impressive the way that it does that. Yeah. And because they handle it that way, they can do things like you can see natural shadows of objects on the planet coming from the sun that you're orbiting, and it scales those shadows as well. So if you look at a planet, you can see shadows from, like, mountain ranges and shit. That's fucking insane. I've never seen anything like that before. There was one that was showing off um, where if you look in the sky during the daytime, you could see this, like, little, like, like almost like, like a glimmer of something but you couldn't quite tell what it is. And they kind of time-lapsed it as the sun pans and the sun starts to shine on that object that's out there. And it's a space station just floating out in space. You can see from the ground and it's rendered completely up there. Again, like things that No Man's Sky kind of, in in the case of No Man's Sky, emulates but doesn't simulate. And here, they simulate it. And it 
looks astonishing. Did you get to the part with the gas clouds? Uh, I remember hearing things in the background, but I didn't really pay attention, no. Okay. Oh, that's one to go and like. I actually, I'm going to pull up the timestamp so you can see it because it is holy shit gorgeous. They did a lot to make the. Um, go to four, uh, 647 in the video. Um, they basically have these different. What do they call them? They call them Vixels, I think. Like a, uh, a Vixel, which is basically just like a, a cubic area. It's a voxel. And they fill. Savoxel, that's what it was. Vixel is um, the augmented reality glasses from Intel. So they basically fill up all those little cubes with its own way of interpreting how light shines through that gas. So when you scale this object up, so it's technically like thousands of kilometers in size, it the light travels through it realistically and kind of allows you to see more of its shape and its form in a really natural way. And just, holy shit, it looks so fucking incredible. And there's this one shot a little bit later of a ship flying through one of these. And just the way the asteroids at 7.05, go to that. That shot's unbelievable. There's basically a ship flying through this gas cloud. There's a sun that's on the other side of the gas cloud outside of it that's shining onto all these asteroids and passing through the gas and it it looks like i would imagine a movie would look like if they were to like shoot this and go to space and film it like it it really does look astonishingly good and clearly this game is not bullshit clearly this is a for real game they're just taking their time if you're interested in the video that we're talking about it's going to be in the uh in the show notes. So if you want to go to your podcast player and look at the show notes, there's going to be a link to the YouTube video. It's about 20 minutes. Yeah. Yeah, it's 20 minutes, but it's it's well worth it if you're into the technical details behind the scenes. There's some really remarkable stuff they show in that. And I had the feeling this is probably going to be PC only based on how it looks. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I, I might buy a PC for, for this game. Don't do it. Don't <laughs> not, do I'm it. not going to, actually. Yeah, I'll be really compelled to. What's interesting is that, as you mentioned, like there have been parts where I remember you wanted to do like an entire, not expose, but like deep dive into like, is this game real? Is it just a scam? That kind of thing. And this and the level of detail they're talking about and the systems that are in play sounds like, no, this is absolutely real. And all of this money is going into these really complex, amazing systems that we've never seen before. My question is like the practicality and reality of like, well, this will be really great for this one game that people might never actually get to finish and play. And then where does it go from there? What do you do with these systems out there developed? Are they going to be able to scale to other platforms and other games and other engines? Or is it just like something that only Star Citizen uses? And what if Star Citizen is not even a good game? It just has these cool things in it. Yeah, we'll find. I mean, in that case, it's crowdfunded, so it's not really going to be like a loss necessarily like yeah. for them so that will kind of work out but um they said that it's going to be a massively multiplayer online game that i think that makes sense there's also going to be another game called squadron 42 which is like a single player game that's separate but uses all the uses the world of star citizen so yeah i'm i'm very very curious actually that squadron 42 is supposed to be coming out within the next like two years or so that's what they say Yep, probably not, though. <laughs> you know what else they say? They say Resident Evil's coming to Netflix. <laughs> Resident Evil Netflix series to enter production in June, says James Bowers from Dual Shockers. It will be separate from the new rebooted film series that's coming out. And it's going to include eight hour-long ep- eight hour long episodes. Um, 
And then speaking of this, Netflix, I, I should have clarified in the notes here. The film series we're referring to is the other one, the the original film series. They didn't even mention the new film series. Oh, gotcha. Well, there is also a new film series coming. Um, yeah. Speaking of, Netflix publishes and then pulls the Resident Evil show plot description, says Wesley Yinpool at Eurogamer. Uh, it is no longer available, but it used to read, The town of Clearfield, Maryland has long stood in the shadow of three seemingly unrelated behemoths, the Umbrella Corporation, the decommissioned Greenwood Asylum, and Washington, D.C. Today, 26 years after the discovery of the T-virus, secrets held by all uh, secrets held by the three will start to be revealed at the first signs of outbreak. Interesting. Very interesting. Does that do anything for you? Uh, What it tells me is that it's going to be a Resident Evil TV show. That's a really vague description. (laughs) Yep. It's going to be a Resident Evil TV show uh, being set in Maryland. Raccoon City, where is that usually set? Where is Raccoon City? I don't know. I I feel like it's not Maryland. Wuhan? Wherever it is. Wuhan in China? (laughs) And then I feel like Resident Evil 5 was Africa. I don't know. I don't know if this will have any like returning characters that we're used to or things that we care about. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, I'm not sure if I'm into this or not. And I feel like it, yeah. it's probably going to be a, maybe around the same budget as the Resident Evil movies, and those were not great. So I don't know. I think probably the same close to a budget at least. of Well, actually, it would be close to this budget of like a Witcher. I don't know. I'm curious to see what they show off when trailers and stuff like that are released. Yeah. But it could be kind of hit or miss. Speaking of Resident Evil. Speaking of Resident Evil outbreak, we are going to continue covering the outbreak of the coronavirus as our main quest this time. Last week we talked about um, the coronavirus and how it's spreading in China, and we kind of guessed, like, what kind of impact, if any, will this have on next-gen consoles? Uh, our conversation conversation kind of seemed to wrap up around like we both agreed that while there probably won't be a delay, there will probably be some kind of like shortage at launch for sure, and uh, it might not yeah. necessarily push the price up. But we have a few other wrinkles that have unraveled themselves in the last week that we want to bring up to kind of continue this conversation. One is that PS5 coronavirus delay is possible as outbreak in China continues, says Chandler Wood at PlayStation Lifestyle. There's been a statement from financial firm Jeffrey's Group that predicts manufacturing issues with the next generation consoles. There's a quote that says, If the company shutdowns exceed a month or so, game schedules will be delayed. New consoles may likely suffer supply issues from a prolonged disruption ahead of their fall 2020 planned launches. Something else that's of note that we kind of mentioned last year, like, I don't know if a lot of game production happens in China. It turns out that they note that 30 to 50% of Western games' art direction are actually handled in China. Uh, so that does actually have an impact on Western games that might be made in the mm-hmm. U.S. or Europe or even games made in Japan. Uh, there are two other stories here that are kind of related that I want to go through. Pactor doesn't think – Michael Pactor uh, doesn't think that coronavirus poses immediate threat to next-gen, says Zerman Akhan at PlayStation Lifestyle. Um, from this, we've got Michael Pactor, analyst for Web- Wedbush Securities, comment on coronavirus's impact on the next-gen manufacturing. He says, quote, if coronavirus lasts through June, it will be a problem. It's possible that it lasts that that it lasts that long, but the stock market tells you that that's not the case. If it were, the market would be tanking because of the long-term disruption of the supply chain. And then he kind of relates this. I was curious, I was like, why is he talking about Apple in the middle of this video game next-gen conversation? Uh, he kind of contrasts this with how things are looking over at Apple, which is another big giant technology that does a lot of manufacturing in China. And he says. I could see Apple panicking if coronavirus is still an issue in a month, but I think Sony and Microsoft will quietly arrange for production in Taiwan and Vietnam at a cost of maybe 5 to $10 per unit more just to be safe. Uh, 
Uh, but he notes that Apple doesn't have the immediate alternatives for the supply chain, supply chain, and they have things that right now that are selling like crazy, like new phones, and uh, so they could very well be hit by coronavirus-related issues. Whereas Sony and Microsoft have a little bit more time before it starts to affect them as well. And then we'll read this last one, and then we'll discuss yes. it all together. Animal Crossing Nintendo Switch suffers production delays in Japan due to coronavirus. From Matt Kim at IGN, uh, the Animal Crossing Switch reservation date went from February eighth to TBD for Japan only. American and Europe are not affected. Uh, and these are for manuf- manufacturing issues for Switch units intended for the Japanese market. Does not appear that they're going to carry over to the North American or European supply chains. Holden, how does this change your your views on what we discussed last week? Um, it doesn't really change that much, and a big reason for that is actually not mentioned in the articles here because is that it seems like coronavirus is already not necessarily slowing down, but it's heavily contained at this point. Like there are thirty four thousand, uh, roughly forty four thousand uh, people who are infected right now. There's only like a like a handful of people. Well, not not five people. There's about two hundred <laughs> people. <laughs> Uh, outside of China that that are affected, and it doesn't seem like that's growing. So it seems like it's contained in China right now, and that's a good thing because we don't want it to spread, obviously. The death toll is not high. People seem saying, oh, it's higher than SARS was already. But SARS has 10,000 cases in its lifetime and around the same number of, of deaths as the coronavirus. But coronavirus is 34,000. So it's like only 2% of people who have coronavirus are – it's actually been fatal. Still not good, obviously, but like I don't kind of on this that is... too. Sorry, on that same thing related, I read yeah. somewhere that like the common cold is killing more people right now than than coronavirus. Yeah. It just happens to be that this is like some crazy different new virus that well, a, a take on mm-hmm. a different type of virus that we've seen before. Yeah, so I, I think that these are you know headlines that get attention, obviously, because there is something that's happening. But I think these headlines are being a little overzealous and a little like large about it to the point of like Michael Pactor saying here, like if this is going to have long term impacts in the market, people will be selling their stock right now. Yeah, they'd be saying like pull out now because the stocks are going to start taking later on. They won't have a bigger enough return on investment. So like I- I'm not super worried for that reason. And my first thought when I read the whole like immediate alternatives part, where he's talking about how you know Apple has basically proprietary stuff that they don't have immediate alternatives for. I'm like, oh, but that's going to be the case with those SSDs. That's the big thing that's going to be proprietary. But those are if it's really being made by Samsung, that's in North Korea. That's not in China. So like yeah. that part isn't being manufactured there. They could easily just move to Taiwan and move to to um, uh, to another country. So I think I think Michael Pactor has it spot on. Obviously, if it goes until June. That would be a problem. That would not be good. But it's seeming like it's going to be contained. Yeah, I think the containment measures that are happening right now are top notch. Like the fact that basically the main areas in China that are being affected, like factories are shut down. People are not going to work, and like mm-hmm. that containment area, there there are entire hospitals that were erected in mere days that are just only for people with coronavirus to make sure that it is contained and quarantined properly. Mm-hmm. Like they are doing the right things. It looks like it's working. Uh, and these extreme measures, I think, are going to have it wiped out pretty quickly. Not wiped out, but, yeah. like, managed well. Uh, yeah. So while – I know specifically because this was talking about Apple, I read an article that said uh, while the, the factories and things like that that they wanted to open on the 10th won't necessarily open as they thought they were going to, I still don't expect it to last more than maybe a week or two uh, past mm-hmm. this. I certainly don't see it going and affecting supply chains all the way through June. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I don't. I don't 
say that this is going to be much more than what we had already anticipated with maybe some supply chain like shortages at launch, but mm-hmm. not anything major, especially price wise. It's not going to hike up the price of these things. No, and I think the shortages are really going to come from the fact that, like, take the let's just take the Animal Crossing Switch as an example. Mm-hmm. That will be a little bit delayed, so they're going to have to catch up a little bit on that on that manufacturing. And if they're kind of catching up, it might take them a few months to fully catch up on on some of past projects they weren't able to to manufacture. But that's that's just going to probably impact, if anything, the early production cycle of the next gen consoles. These things are not being produced yet. They probably won't be start. They probably won't start manufacturing until. You know, like uh, June or so. So I just it'll have a mild impact at the beginning. Maybe I don't think we're really going to see this. I'd go as far as to say even supply constraints might not even be a thing. I think this is going to be totally fine. You heard it here first, everybody. Buy stock in all of these companies. Buy stock in Foxconn because it's going to be great. <laughs> <laughs> Trust us. Um, great. Yeah, that's all I've got to say on the topic. You got anything else? Um, I wish everyone in China the best of luck. Me too. Me too. Separate note about the containment, like the extremities that people are, not the extremities, those are your arms and legs, but like the extremes people are going to, to <laughs> contain this thing. All the arms and hands and legs and all <laughs> yep. that stuff they're doing. Airlines have canceled flights to China all the way through like April. Like I was supposed to go to China in April and they're like, nope, you're not going anymore. I know it's three months away, but we're literally not flying there. So good luck. So that's yeah. People are going to extremes in order to make sure that this is contained properly, and it looks like it's working. Next up, we've got Game on Game Show, our Game on our Gaming Show, where we play a game called Game on our Game Show, and game, 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 game. We've got a returning episode of Quiz Me, Captain. It's me, Margaret, where we quiz holding on his video <laughs> game knowledge in a timely fashion, and we uh, we see how well he can do it. Are you ready, Holden, to play Quiz Me, Captain? I'm ready. It's me, Margaret. You might remember there are four rounds to Quiz Me, Captain. It's me, Margaret. Uh, each one is timed, and they all have different requirements for each round. If you get to the end, you get a very special prize. Uh, successfully get through all rounds in the time limit, you get a very special prize. Regardless of whether you do it successfully, we're still going to go through all four rounds. <laughs> for our first round of Quiz Me, Captain. It's me, Margaret. You have 30 seconds to successfully list whatever it is that I ask you to list in this first round. Are you ready, Holden? For round one, yes. 30 seconds. Quiz me, Captain. It's me, Margaret. 30 seconds on the clock. Starts now. Name the six subtitles. Name subtitles of six Assassin's Creed games without actually saying the words Assassin's Creed. Unity, Liberation, Black Flag. Three. Three. <laughs> Four. All right. Um, Brotherhood. Five. Revelations. Six. You nailed it. All right, and you even had 10 seconds to spare on that. Look at you. Boom. I'm such Ooh. a big Assassin's Creed fan. That was an easy one. <laughs> <laughs> I've played like two of them, I think. Second round. This one's it got three questions in it, but you have more time. You have 60 seconds this time. Are you ready for round two of Quiz Me, Captain? It's me, Margaret. Yeah. 60 seconds starts. Wait, to list another thing you're going to give me? Okay, yeah. Uh, yeah I'm right. going to give you three more prompts, and you have to answer all three That's within right. 60 That's seconds. Right. That's right. Are you ready? Yes. 60 seconds starts now. Six, name six licensed video games based on movies. Okay. Oh, shit. Okay, there's the Incredibles. Uh, this is easy. There's an Incredibles video game. Uh-huh. There's a Toy Story uh, 3 video game. Two. There's a Ratatouille video game. Three. There's um, a fuck, 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 fuck. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, there's the... Uh, st- 
Lord of the Rings, Two Towers, Lord Four. of the Rings, Return of the King, Lord Five. of the Rings, Fellowship of the Ring. Six. All right. Uh, name 15 video game characters who are animals. Banjo-Kazooie. One. Well, Banjo-Kazooie. 30 seconds left. Um, Sly Cooper. Four. Um, Daxter. Five. Um, the pig from... <laughs> I, can't do that. I can't just say the pig. Um, <laughs> shit. Hemlock, uh, the bird from uh, Woodbaker. Five. And... Ten oh, seconds shit. left. What's the... Um, I can't think of one. Why can't I think of one? Oh my god, I'm drawing a complete blank right now. Fuck. And time is up. Oh, I'm Holden, done. you done failed done. that miserably. Really bad. Yeah. You only got five of 15, and then you even missed the, exact, the last question in total. You what do was not the get last the special question? Pre- the last question was name three Japanese video game ex- executives. Oh, okay. Whew. So you do not get the special prize, but we will continue the last I two don't. rounds of Quiz Me Cat. It's me, yeah. Margaret. Holden. Third round. You have 20 Third seconds. Round. This one is a debate or an argument. You have to make an argument around a certain thing. Mm-hmm. Past ones, yeah. if you'll remember, convince me that Animal Crossing is bad or convince <laughs> me that Sonic is a good franchise. Are you ready for round three? You have 20 seconds yeah. to complete this argument. Mm-hmm. 20 seconds starts now. Convince me to buy the Atari VCS. <laughs> I mean, it's going to be really great to have the... The subscription service to play all those Atari games that you love on a controller made by Atari. I mean, what's cooler than that? It's like the original, like, how it's supposed to feel, Five how seconds. it's supposed to play. And you can't get that anywhere else besides the Atari VCS. Oh, time is up. Oh, Holden, you can get plenty of controllers and plenty of collections of Atari games for less than $100 a year on a lot of other things. I'm not convinced. But I was I'm saying sorry. with with the con- our Atari controller that's made by Atari was my point. For first party, that's the big deal. There. Mm, still not convinced. It's going to be terrible. Final round. <laughs> <laughs> this that one... was impossible fuck you <laughs> yeah the cards are stacked against you in that one final round this one is 30 seconds long i have 10 pairs of things and you have to choose the right yeah. one from those two there is no i love this no <laughs> objective uh reason why one of these is better than the other it is all based on my opinion you have to get have to four opinion, correct basically. answers out of these 10 pairs in order to successfully win this round are you ready all right i'm ready final round of Quiz McCatman's Me, Margaret. 30 seconds. Four correct answers. Starts. Now, SNES Super Scope or PSVR Aim Controller? PSVR Aim Controller. No, Super Scope is a bazooka. Do you remember when you actually bought a typewriter? Yes or no? <laughs> yes. Correct answer. <laughs> Ness or Lucas? Ness. Correct answer. Snake Eater or Sons of Liberty? What was it? Snake Eater or Sons of Liberty? Oh. Snake Eater. Hell yes! Biden's dumb. Game Pass or PS Now? Game Pass. It's a tremendous value. Hooray! White, uh, <laughs> white guy walking towards you on a game cover. Yes or no? No. Yes, Holden! It's been scientifically proven that it sells more copies. <laughs> you did get four correct that's answers. A, that's objective. That's objective. <laughs> <laughs> you did successfully get four answers within those first six items. Uh, so you did win that round, but you still don't get the special prize because you failed miserably in round <laughs> miserably. two. Miserably. And three. How did I fail that badly? I failed really badly. <laughs> <laughs> I could have said Sonic. I could have said Tails. I could have said Knuckles. Like Those would have counted. Those, Yeah, Sonic, Tails, Knuckles, Amy, uh, Silver, Shadow. Oh, my God. Hold yep. on. 
It was named the I whole know, Sonic like franchise. Was, that was that was embarrassing. <laughs> it was really bad. <laughs> Fifteen was maybe a little much, but still five. Holden, that's it for Game on Game Show. We've got a couple of things we want to mention before we wrap up our episode today. One, you'll not, you might have noticed for the last couple of weeks there have been no subscriber interrogatives, and that's because you failed us. You've all failed us. <laughs> you <laughs> have failed this city. And like Don't Oliver Queen, we're going to shoot you in the heart with an arrow. <laughs> no, just kidding. We love you all. and But we love your participation because that's really what makes this episode shine is you guys interacting with us and um, being great people and lovely. Speaking of, what a cool thing that just happened this past weekend where I was able to visit you guys in Rhode Island, see a couple of our that's lifelong awesome. friends that we made from making this podcast. Uh, fucking wonderful. I love everything about what we do. I love everything about the show and I love our community. They're all wonderful. So, submit a subscriber interrogative of anything you want to ask us on Twitter at RespawnNameFire, on email by RespawnNameFire at gmail.com. And then if you'd also like to support us on Patreon monetarily, you can give us $1 above at Patreon.com slash RespawnNameFire, and you get the opportunity to play with us on game night every single week. You get the opportunity to influence what we play each month for barf. Speaking of, Holden, what's our barf game this month? I mentioned it already, Banjo-Kazooie. That's right, Banjo-Kazooie, the original, those the are, OG. Those are two of five animals I'm aware of that exist in that's, video games. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> and if you played any of that game so far, you would know all of those characters and be able to name them. I have started. I'm on Mumble Mountain. Actually, I'm past Mumble Mountain now. Oh, well, then you totally could have said, like, whatever his sister's name is, or Bottles the Mole. You wouldn't have accepted whatever his sister's name is as an answer. Yeah, so Banjo-Kazooie, that's our backlog accomplishments with Respawn and friends. We all get together every month, and we play through a game. You don't have to be a patron to play it, however. You can play it because you're a person who has access to money to buy it on a console that you own. And if you are playing it, send us your thoughts on it. Or if you've played it in the past, let us know what your experience was, because we want to include that in our conversation at the end of the month. Um, bah, bah, bah. and finally you get dope wallpapers this month apparently has been a hit I love seeing it on everyone's devices uh, you can go to patreon.com slash to see those and all the past ones we've made as well and put them on your devices reminder I'll be gone submit subscriber interrogative so Holden has something to talk about with whatever his backup plan is for next week or whatever the week after is maybe uh, anything else we got to talk about uh, that's it. Oh, if you are a patron, uh, head over to Patreon. I'm going to try to put up March's barf poll up for the next two weeks by the time this comes out. So if you're on, if you are a patron, go to patreon.com slash responding fire and vote on whatever March's barf game will be. Thank you all for listening. And until next time, here's our usual sign off. Chickens don't clap.